Welcome to Concerning the Spiritual in Art, a podcast exploring spirituality, consciousness, and the creative process. I'm your host, Martin Benson. All right, welcome back to the podcast, y'all. I have a really special episode today for you with artist Elizabeth Traina. She's based in Brooklyn, New York. Um, she's a painter and a light worker and just an overall magical being who has so much wisdom and insight to share. Um, we began the conversation with an incredible guided meditation that really um, just set the stage for a really powerful and healing conversation. Um, we talked a lot about creativity and just sort of the essence of creativity and also some of the barriers to creativity that exist in our culture and sort of how to how to unravel those and unpack those so that we can sort of manifest our creator mind and sort of this birthright that we have to bring creativity to the forefront of how we operate in the world. And she has a lot of incredibly powerful thoughts to share. In fact, at one point in our conversation, she led this sort of spontaneous meditation on sort of healing this inner child who's been wounded um, around notions of creativity and self-expression. And um, I got a lot of benefit from that moment. And I hope a lot of you will too. Um, we talked about not only her art and sort of this amazing bridging that's happening between her sacred geometrical paintings and these sort of botanical paintings that she's been exploring recently, um, and we also talked about the art world in general and sort of this paradigm shift that we're seeing in the art world where it once was sort of allergic to these ideas of spirituality. And now it seems to be more open to them than ever before. Um, and so there's just a lot of amazing places that we went together. And I hope you all will really enjoy this conversation and, and feel inspired from it the way I did. Um, so here you go, y'all artist Elizabeth Traina. All right, Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Doing Thank good? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to share space with you. I love your work so much. And just having a conversation sort of off screen um, recently, it, I'm just really excited to learn more and kind of dig deeper into some of these themes that I think you and I both are in alignment with. Um, you mentioned that you might want to start us off by just kind of grounding the conversation with the guided meditation. I think that would be beautiful. Um, right. yeah, are you cool with that? I am. Let's awesome. do it. All right. So we're closing the eyes and taking some nice deep inhales and exhales. And in the beginning, allowing those exhales to be audible with a sound or a moan or a release as we take a nice deep breath in. And then an audible exhale. Oh. <sighs> you may want to take this time to just like stretch the neck, loosen up the body. Oh. And when you're ready, finding that really nice spinal alignment, tucking the chin, elongating the back of the neck, dropping the shoulders. And just taking a moment to just breathe into the body, focusing on the breath coming in and focusing on the breath going out. Focusing on the breath coming in 
and the breath coming out. And from the base of the spine, dropping a grounding cord like a root through the layers of sand, dirt, rock, and clay, passing through underground rivers, crystal caves, and moving into that molten lava rock at the center of Earth's core. Inhaling, welcoming, grounding, nourishing Earth energy up into the body. And exhaling, releasing, and dropping down. Sending a wave of micro relaxations through the body. and releasing all of that energy down into the earth as an offering. Just shedding what doesn't serve, quieting mental minds, letting go of any fight or flight, frozen energy, as we create space in the being to feel safe in this current moment grounded to the earth. Now inhale, breathing a breath into the heart center, expanding through the heart field and imagining your heart field is filling up your whole body. Expanding your heart field to fill your auric field. The heart field can expand all the way up to the brain, bringing the heart and the brain into coherence. Inhaling, breathing into the heart. Exhale, dropping even deeper, quieting the mind as you move deeper inward into this now moment beginning to feel yourself expand, feeling space all around you. Feeling the energy of your beingness with the breath focused in the heart. Inhale, breathing in a breath into the pituitary gland and the pineal gland and bringing the focus behind the eyes. Imagining from a divine and infinite source, a beautiful beam of light spiraling down and coming to meet you in the crown of your head, filling both hemispheres of the brain with golden light, and then imagining that golden light entering the central nervous system, golden light in the spinal fluid, Golden light in the heart. 
Golden light down the legs and golden light down your grounding cord as an offering, anchoring divine consciousness through the conduit of your own vessel, supporting earth and taking a nice deep breath in, feeling yourself being connected from above and below and radiant in the heart center. And from this expanded place, we can flip the palms and call upon the teams of guides, angels, ascended masters and benevolent beings of the light, all the helpers that are assisting us in our work and our mission, we salute recognize and welcome with a gratitude, open-heartedness. And we invite those energies to be with us here today to bring forth the communication that would be of highest good and taking a nice deep breath in. We invite a perfect unfoldment in perfect time. Let it be so, let it be so, let it be so. And so it is, and so it is, and so it is. Okay. When you're ready, <laughs> we can get back. Man, back. wow. What an amazing way to start. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was really like, good. that felt really good. I mean, you know, I just, I love the imagery, the way you guide us with imagery. And I know like certain people out there who, may be familiar with meditation practices or unfamiliar with them. There's many different ways in which we can practice centering and grounding and visualization can be just a really helpful tool for people. Um, I'm curious, have you always been like into visualization practice for your own meditation and for guiding people? Has that been a big part of like what's gotten you tapped in? Yeah. Well, you know, um, We've spoken when we were speaking on the phone, I shared with you that a lot of my early work with metaphysics and mindfulness began as an art educator. Hmm. I was working in um, different school systems in Oakland, San Francisco, New Orleans, um, back in Brooklyn, back home here. And, you know, I'm working with youngsters of various ages and Mm -hmm. have a lot of energy and uh, a lot of intelligence to disrupt, you know, experiences and cause, you know, my cat is uh, down here playing with some paper. So I'm going <laughs> to, but um, hey, kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that rustling, rustling is about. Nice. So the, that's where I started guiding meditation within oh, those cool. spaces wow. because, you know, I, I realized that it was so hard to, to, create an environment of relaxed atmosphere for art making mm. one because so many people are carrying um trauma that they've experienced from feeling insecure or not sure about how to go about the project and looking and seeing what everybody else is doing and there's a contraction right yeah and there's also a spaciousness in the art studio that can be filled so it can be filled with jokes and pranks and and all sorts of things that actually bring the consciousness into a defense because you don't kind of know what's coming you know 
you know, it's like the art room can sometimes also feel like the lunchroom. We're kind of <laughs> like it's a relaxed, fun atmosphere, which is part of the magic of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But how, my work was, you know, how to create the best outcome in that environment. And I found if I guided meditation and integrated mindfulness into the creation process, we were, we would just have an exponentially more positive experience. And then I was able to kind of identify, hey, we're in the art zone. Can you feel what this feels like? Mm. The art's now communicating with you. It's telling you what the next move is. You're in a relationship with your art. So instead of chopping shop with your neighbor, you're chopping shop with your work. Yeah. And your work now is is having this like this experience with you. And um and then I just kind of kept on going deeper and deeper and deeper into that mindfulness work. Wow. Yeah. I love like how you're talking about this relationship that we have like with our art and that you can kind of like point your students to this idea of a dialogue that's happening with the work that you're making. It's like there is this this exchange that's happening. It's not it's not all like one directional um, in terms of that. And I think in, in order to listen to like what the painting or the drawing or whatever the work is, what it's saying, you have to have this sort of quieter space in the mind. This also the sense of like patience to like really look and really take your time with things. And I feel like these practices like mindfulness and meditation, but also in art making are really like good antidotes for like the sort of symptoms we see in our culture about like instant gratification, like constantly like this sort of like feeling of jumping from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And it's like, these things are asking us to slow the hell down. And to really be in communion almost with what it is we're doing, whether it's painting or drawing, or even if you really want to get into it, like doing dishes, you know, whatever, like how do we have this communication that's happening with our experiences? Um, So I think that's really powerful that you were able to bring it in those spaces. Did you get any pushback like in the beginning from students about it? You know, it, it went two different ways. Um, you know, the, my last teaching experience, I was teaching a course that I created called Art and Consciousness. It had gotten really streamlined, this mission of bringing this type of work in. And I would have some, and I was working in an alternative program in a public school uh, in Canarsie, Brooklyn. And most of my students were first generation Caribbean immigrants. Wow. Um, and a lot of energy, a lot of vibrancy, um, but also you know, coming through some of some really challenging life circumstances, you know, I mean, that was back in stop and frisk days Mm. in Brooklyn. Um, So kids were like under attack, they couldn't even like, take the subway without wondering if they were going to get stopped by a police officer. And, you know, and there was abuses even by the security guards in the school system. So it was really some challenging realities. And, you know, I was really committed to giving them everything I could to help them navigate the potentiality of, of the mindfulness teachings of the power of the thought and intention and the infinite nature of creation. And how do I, how do I honor and reflect what's going on, but also bring in these universal tools that are non-denominational that belong to all of us, but sometimes they access different communities faster, you yeah. know, because people just have more resources and more time and more luxury to explore these notions and these ideas. So 
um, I had some groups. So I was working with these youth for uh, about a month long, all day long. It was like a, wow. a, a different uh, ratio of the school day. Like they had an extended year mm-hmm. and then they would have this intensive class. So it was amazing because I would really be able to build community and create safety and container and create routine. And most groups responded so well. It turned into be like a love fest. We all just like got in it. We did our work. We were into the mindfulness work. We went on a lot of field trips. We created harmony, you know, there was harmony within the in the group. And I'm still in touch with some of those students, you know, that's amazing. And, and it was fun too. I mean, I love reggae. A lot of the kids love reggae. So it was, I had a great stereo in the room. So it was mindfulness paired with like something that felt like an art party. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like a really fun experience. Yeah. That's my kind of party. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. You know? Oh, keep going. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was just saying, but some groups couldn't, didn't resonate. Yeah. Um, they weren't ready for what I was teaching and it didn't land. And I could see that it almost, it almost created more disruption and, you know, and it's kind of like with this work, it's like the teacher appears when the student is ready. And if the uh, teacher becomes before the student is ready, it doesn't always go well. Yeah. You know? um, and that was part of why I, I believe started to attract private clients and, you know, take a different route in my work. Um, but I'm so thankful to those early years, you know, I was in public ed for almost 15 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I got, I learned so much about working with varying communities and I learned so much about how to nurture the inner child by working yeah. with children yeah. that I now bring into my adult work. Um, and it also informs my work my pain, you know, I have my client-based work and then my, my painting practice, and then there's a place where they intersect, but it also informs my painting work because I'm very much interested in pursuing the imagery that relates to all hearts, mm-hmm. you know, that, that is beyond um, dogma or culture even that's existing in these universal um, imageries that speak to everybody, regardless of the path that they're walking yeah. on the earth. Yeah. And so that's a largely what's informed my pursuit and my kind of like my own personal harmony with the geometry. Yeah. Because I can really stand by it. And don't, it's not an agitator of sorts. It can be an agitator because it invites evolution and it stimulates change, but it's not an agitator on the world stage in terms of some of the themes that we're working through at this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's such a good point to think about like the universality of geometry, mathematics, of color and form. And, you know, it speaks back to sort of like early modernist and the idealism with modernist artwork was all about seeking the universality. And then of course it, it eventually comes to a head and the postmodern comes in and say, there's really no universal or absolute. It's just all relative. Everything's relative to this for ad infinium. And uh, I think that, you know, you got to be able to hold both. You know, I think that it's not one or the other. 
um, I think of in certain philosophical traditions, especially in the East, um, like some of the philosophical traditions in Buddhism, they have absolute and relative truth. And you need to be able to know which one's operating when and how to like apply it in your life. All that being said, I think that our culture has gotten stuck. And this is all my opinion, which is based on a very limited, narrow point of view. But what I'm seeing is like we're stuck in the hyper relativism of life and we're obsessed with all the differences, which are important to be able to identify. But we can't throw out all the aspects that make us the same. You know, the whole adage, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. And so I look at work at like what you're doing is kind of inviting the absolute, the universal back into the conversation with the relative. And I think when we have those two things in conjunction with each other, then we're seeing a clearer picture of the reality that we're actually creating. Um, And so I look at the work you're making through sacred geometry and sort of like these universal forms that you're playing with that have immense energy like looking at the painting behind you i mean it's just like i love the soft palette but it still even in that soft palette it emanates a real power and gravitational field to it and what's interesting about your work especially recently watching the work you've been doing you've done a lot of work in this sort of space speaking of universally kind of understood imagery through geometry but now you've kind of moving into these images with flowers and light orbs that are just gorgeous. And they're kind of almost like two sides of the same coin, or I'm curious, like how you think about it. Like, how do you think about this relationship between your work doing the geometric pieces that are rooted in sacred geometry and certain sacred forms that have been sort of passed down and discovered and investigated over time with these uh, more floral, softer, more organic images? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm currently moving through that learning, you know, and it it connects to something you were talking about earlier about like the time piece of taking the time and, and enjoying the process. And I was, a flash thought came through when you were saying that, you know, it's like, that's what we're here as artists to keep very much alive in this era, in this moment of instant gratification. Um, and, and almost that like continuing to manifest on the planet, you know, the artist and the, the labor behind artistic pursuits keeps a thread of the human experience like a really beautiful integral thread of, of the human experience and like a discipline, right. That mm-hmm. is so nourishing. So, and, and I'm in that, like in, in the spirit of, 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 of that process, I'm actually, I don't exactly know yet. I'm in the slow deliverance of the unification of the botanical with the geometry. I'm feeling it out and I'm learning as I go, why and how these worlds are meeting and what that means to me and what it means to the future of my work. What I do know is that I had, um, and there's some other things I wanted to mention too around, you know, the sameness you're talking about, like we're the same and we're different. I've been thinking so much about that too Mm -hmm. as well. And, um, and, and I think that's what is coming through in the flower work is um, I'm seeking to show how different they are, how they are these like 
other like magical, almost like mystical creatures that we have the privilege of cohabitating with here on the earth plane. And they're the same. We are the same as them. We, they are, are, uh, they are life expressing itself in form. Like mm-hmm. we are, yeah. and it's this really interesting tension between same and different. And, um, and they came through because I switched mediums, you know, I, these are acrylic and I switched to oils and I was playing around with oils, doing some plain air painting, which felt really great and really just nourishing to be outside and painting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these, my geometry works are very mathematical, obviously, and they they require a tremendous amount of thinking and labor. Um, and the plain airs were just these like, spontaneous you know I could finish a painting in a couple of in one sitting versus something that takes me a couple of weeks or months and um, the immediacy and the familiarity of the the textures and the sense of oils just was like all right I need to make (laughs) this and um and the flowers kind of came through Mm. it was the first one was the rose and it was really spontaneous and uh and then I just said, okay, what other, I'm going to, and then it was clear, okay, I'm going to do a series of botanical works. And I see them as studies. They, you know, they're smaller than some of the size. I like to work big mm-hmm. and they're smaller dimensions. Um, and um, I see them as studies that were teaching me, refamiliarizing me with a new medium and helping me to enjoy painting in a new way. And just giving me a, 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 an opportunity to relax and to explore more curved lines and undulating shapes. And, and they really just were like healers for me. Wow. And, and I, cause the, the geometry work can be very um, yang, you know, it's very angular and structured. And the flowers came in as this like healing of the yin. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of fell into it. They yeah. healed me, you wow. know, because I'm here to really understand both of those sides of the coin, as many mm-hmm. of us are at this time. And but they really just were so healing to the yin. And um, and when I had the show and I was making the flyer for the show, and I had uh, one of my geometry pieces flanked by the flowers, I sort of saw where the work is going next. Yeah. And then when I saw the show and I watched people interacting with the work, I got cues on where the work's going next. Mm-hmm. So now um, I, I really want to merge both of those worlds and I really want to work with the ethereal nature of the natural world and juxtapose it in the same canvas with the interdimensional kind of galactic geometry work and and really create these altar pieces that we can look at and 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 recognize our own divinity as we anchor familiarity of being the same and feeling our human recognition as we take in the the botanical work and kind of bring mm-hmm. that down you know so that's where i'm going to next um but I'm I'm still thinking and kind of in my research stage yeah. and being around and I'm loving this part of the process too, you know, and 
Um, yeah, just kind of creating space around what you've been thinking about and kind of giving yourself time to like integrate, like the, the insights you had, like observing people at the show and so forth. Like you need to give yourself that kind of space. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can just jump right in and keep good back to work. But I feel like sometimes you need to like operate at a distance a little bit and kind of let things sort of settle and soak in on a deeper level. And then your intuition will kick in and let you know when you're ready to start kind of crafting this new like dimension of imagery. Um, I love this idea of merging these two things. Like, you know, like we were talking about, it's like same, but different, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. different, but same. And it's kind of like when I look at the geometry work in relation to the botanical work, it's almost like we're seeing the same thing on two different levels of consciousness or aware or perspective. It's like, it's almost like the geometry, the galactic symmetries and things that are happening on like the quantum level beneath the surface of the molecules. And then, you know, you know what I'm saying? And then like the botanicals are sort of the way they manifest in this three-dimensional plane. And they're both sort of connected in that way. You're not in your head, like you were thinking about this too. Do you maybe want to speak to some of the thoughts you had around like this connection between maybe the subatomic quantum intergalactic hyperdimensional geometry with like the earthly grounded feminine yin botanicals. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Cause like the next body of work I want to create like spoiler alert, but I'm like, <laughs> oh, the, name of the show like will be like wave particle. Right. Yeah. And really playing. And so you're, you're already, you know, we're synced up. You see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it is that, uh, you know, the, 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 the paintings are the wave, are the grid, are that ethereal space in between matter and creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the flowers are the particle of like the ways that, um, that these form, that this consciousness takes form. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's what I really want to start to play with. And currently I feel like I'm being activated in my own way to deliver that work you Mm -hmm. know and that's what I've learned with working on these pieces is each one has its process and activates me in their own way yeah you know I'm a different person before I made this piece and then by the end of it because there's things in me that have to get sorted to actually resolve the painting I also have to resolve things within my own consciousness Mm. and that's what's really beautiful about working with sacred geometry and sacred geometry is available so you know these are the universe's shapes and they're they're my interpretation of them right Mm -hmm. but all of us can draw sacred geometry. And when you do, there's an activation effect and um, it's really subtle and, and incredibly satisfying. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. Like, I feel like anyone who's interested in sacred geometry and sort of the history and lineage of like the, the kind of way the imagery has been brought forth into the three-dimensional space of like humans, Mm -hmm. culture and time, because I think these things exist beyond time. Um, you you can't understand it unless you make it. And so like anyone who's interested in like, well, you got to sit down, get a ruler, get a compass, you know, here's some tutorials, like make yeah. it. And then through the making, it's like 
the magic really starts to awaken because this is how you're made, you know, like this is where you in a sense come from. Like, so it's almost like this recognition on the super conscious level um, that's inside of you of like your origins. Um, I love looking at like the diagram of the flower of life and sort of how that is a two dimensional representation of of a, a three-dimensional process of, uh, or even four or five D. I mean, you can get outside of it, but even just the cellular mitosis, the way that an egg splits from the time it's germinated. And then it splits again and splits again, and it splits into the same form. So in yeah. a way it's like, this stuff is us. And so when you make it, I feel like there's this definitely, like you said, like an activation that happens. It's subtle because our minds are so loud. Um, but when the mind is quieter, these subtle things become more um, on the surface of our awareness. So I think it's yeah. it's incredibly powerful for people to discover it on their own by making it. Yeah. 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 And it heals and you it, when you do it. Totally. It really does. And what I experienced in my last show, which was interesting, was, you know, I had these four direction paintings, painting these large works. And for the opening... Um, I had two events. I had an opening party and a closing party. And for the opening, I didn't lead anything. I just kind of allowed everyone to experience it in their own way and their own time. And for the closing, I, I wanted to play around with a different approach. And I, you know, gathered everybody in front of each piece. And I sort of opened myself up to offer the transmission of the work because each one of these uh, geometry forms I pair with a message of how it serves and mm -hmm. you know I released a line of prints and all of those are oh, sort of yeah. on the prints as part of the graphic of the, the print version of them and that was actually the most popular thing at the at the opening everybody was reading the text that accompanied wow. the work and um, that was a real learning for me. I was like, wow, people want to know and they the text helped them decode it. Because mm -hmm. again, the person who's not pursuing an artistic career or pursuit, most people feel some sort of like art abandoned them at some point and they have some insecurity about their relationship as being a creator, you know, the yeah. classic line, I'm not an artist, I can't draw. When I taught, I realized, oh my God, this is, this is like a plague. This is like caught fire. <laughs> Everybody's saying the same thing, whether it's a 50 year old, you know, math teacher that I was leading a professional development training for, or a third grader who picked it up six months ago. And now mm -hmm. it's part of their constitutional belief system. So the text was a way of kind of breaking that down a little bit and helping people to perceive the art and giving them a little support and how to embrace the form and how to take it in. Hmm. And along those lines, I took people on um, essentially like a docent tour of the work, right? Where we stood in front of each piece and we move like out of the like evaluatory, you know, hand over heart, holding the chin, you know, I'm, 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 I'm wondering, you know, how long this took, right? You know, contemplative, kind of skeptical, yeah. sort of, yeah, like, even, even like, semi-cynical, you know, <laughs> totally evaluatory stance, you know, yeah. and I invited everybody to open up their shoulders and to be heart centered with the work. 
and to expand the peripherals to really take it in so that the work can have a hypnotic trance effect mm -hmm. and move the brain state into a deeper, more steady brain state out of thinking analytical mind and into like, you know, the delta, like moving down into yeah. the deeper reservoirs of brain state. And what came through me was these delightful messages of how the work it could help them even in this moment and inviting them to look at the work and take in, but also run a movie reel of a future event that they're seeking to manifest and to use this moment for this interesting alchemy of cool. present moment and potential future. And, and, um, and one of them, we did like an inner child where I, we invited the children of our own selves to come forward with South, this one, which is about summer and fun and chivalry mm -hmm. and play. And it's really child friendly piece. Um, anyhow, it was, it was so beautiful. And the response from that, and simultaneously, I had really loud music, like really just like good, heavy, deep, like house music playing. So there's a lot happening and everyone yeah. held all of that stimulation. It was like the stimulation served. Yeah. And, um, and everybody who came just was like, that was the best. Like that helped me take in the work so much. And it was such a, an understanding for me and, and where we're going and the kind of things that we're going to be bringing to the art world in the future. You know, yeah. I mean, off Klimt's show at the Guggenheim, I think was a really big gate opening for a lot of this. And um, her work really does function at like creating that temple atmosphere and a place for spiritual transcendence. And I went to that show twice here in New York and yeah, it was like, oh, okay, game on. Yeah. You know, here yeah. we go. Yeah. Like we're we're moving into this now. We're ripe for it. I think if we've ever been ripe for it, you know, now's the time. I think when things become so heightened in their divisiveness, when the sense of separation gets to like a crescendo point, like where it's just gonna it's going to fall back apart into oneness again. And, um, and I think um, art can be such a great facilitator for this process. And I totally agree that Hilma F. Klemp's show at the Guggenheim really did open the gateway into the art world to take this kind of work in a new light because I mean, it's no, it's no uh, secret that the quote unquote art world or these power structures that sort of have dominated curation and museums and galleries and collectors and, you know, uh, auction houses and stuff have in general, I, I would say been allergic to the word spiritual. Like yeah. if don't say spiritual when it comes to art, like that is not, that is a faux pas. And yeah. I think now they're more and more open to it than ever before. And I'm seeing so many amazing artists out there doing very deep spiritual work. Um, yeah. And that's what's kind of inspired me to start this whole project and this podcast, really? because I want to create that sense of community and connection to show that this is not a one-off thing, but this is a, this is a larger movement that is burgeoning and, um, and it's for everybody. It's not, there is, I, I want it in my idealist vision for the future. I want it to tear down the walls of elitism and make art approachable and effective for all beings that anyone can, you don't have to own it on your wall necessarily 
to experience the um, higher states of uh, consciousness that might come from them, you know? And so I, I, I asked myself that question a lot, like, how can art become a facilitator for higher consciousness? And just to define some terms here for people out there who are like, well, what do you mean by higher consciousness? I mean, a more heart-centered way of living where we can recognize the fact that we are all universally, infinitely connected. Um, just by the virtue of our own aliveness and that everyone deserves dignity because of that. And all the decisions we make on the individual or collective level, if they come from that awareness of that higher state of consciousness, then what comes out of it is going to manifest a world that is going to have hopefully less pain and suffering and more fairness and equity and beauty and love and laughter and peacefulness. It's happening. Um, it's yeah, happening. man. Come on. I mean, we're here for it. And it's it's happening. It's happening. The resistance is here. And I love it. I love your definition. I just love what you just said. It was so beautiful. I was just taking it in the dignity piece. So I was like, yes, where we all have dignity. It's it's happening. And what we're watching, we're watching the resistance to it. We're watching the the change coming up in, in all these ways. Um, and we're, we're watching the art world to create its change too. And it's such an exciting time to be mm -hmm. incarnated because yeah. a lot's going to happen over the course of our lives. And you can't push this movement down anymore. And according mm -hmm. to some of the masters that I'm tuned into it's like success is guaranteed like but buckle up it's going to be a bumpy ride but mm -hmm. there has been from what i've learned there has been a um a tipping point of consciousness on the planet like enough people have awoken up to a unity consciousness awareness in some degree of their selfhood that a threshold has been crossed where we are now moving into the 5D grid. And the 5D grid is, you know, retiring the brain as the master organ and moving into the heart mm -hmm. and manifesting from the heart. You know, my teacher, my teachers speak about the heart's blueprint, about allowing this to now kind of create the cascading of events, circumstances, rendezvous opportunities, resources. Um, and when we start manifesting from the heart, you know, we can't totally, we don't exactly know what all this is going to look like mm -hmm. because it's the creation mind that it's coming from is, is beyond our mental mind's capacity. Yeah. So we have to just surrender to the potentiality, right? Which is getting out of the future and getting out of the past and just being in the now. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I just like went hard on like Joe Dispenza's work, you know? <laughs> yeah. He, his He's work so is good. amazing. Yeah. If yeah. anyone out there doesn't know Joe Dispenza, I mean, just check it out, you know, in terms of like tapping into the power of the mind and intention and the way that we can use our consciousness to heal and to manifest. Yes. And yeah. he speaks a lot about heart, heart, brain, mind coherence. And, you know, his work is really wonderful because he really, he's so masterful in his delivery. Um, 
and the way he he breaks it down it it's it's really concise it's really clear it's really stacks well and it you know it's one of those things that like makes sense all this makes sense like mm-hmm. he's really created a way of speaking about this that is digestible for the masses like Definitely. it's not woo it's exactly. scientific it's exactly it's, it's grounded in science yeah yes. scientific research yeah yeah you know, and he's talking about coming into this heart field and and moving into the wave frequency so that our particle can be in harmonics with this higher quality of ourself. Yeah. And and I look at his work and how many millions of people are tuned in. And he's one of many, many teachers right now that's sharing wisdom on the planet that's helping evolution as are you as am i and so many others mm-hmm. so this is my long-winded way of saying like we are doing it and it's, it's here so- yeah it's here I'm now so- you know and it's going to take everyone you know it's going to take um time for certain people to like get on board because i think we have been wired to be hyper skeptical of certain things but I think the um, the wave is the wave is going to eventually push people through that barrier because it's so powerful. It's beyond what we can even conceive in terms of its power for transformation. And um, and the, one of the most beautiful things about like taking these experiences that can help like catapult us into higher consciousness is that they happen, they can happen in a flash. It could almost be like a switch just got turned and you are no longer the same person you were five seconds ago because the insights are not just cerebral. They are embodied in every cell in your body. Um, I think about it, um, from not only like deep states of like meditation, like meditation experiences where you just have these big openings in your consciousness that just, it's almost like feels like a download. It's like you just downloaded another level of awareness from the universe, but also like in big psychedelic experiences as well. You hear lots of people reporting that they just had this huge shift in their consciousness that, that changed them forever in terms of how they understand their heart and how they understand their relationship to their heart center as being actually the you know more and more uh a part part of like what should be served as opposed to the the mind the cerebral part like this the mind is here to serve the heart you know um and so i i find that that's just a beautiful breath of fresh air that like this isn't something you have to labor over necessarily it's something you just have to like you said surrender to and in a flash it can, it can take hold. And so I think if enough people are tapping in and people become at least at the very least curious, curious enough to listen without the skeptical mind interfering, they're going to receive these downloads too. Yeah, exactly. Because the, the morphogenic field is changing. You know, this conversation is shifting the morphogenic field because I'm shifting from this conversation. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, so that means our morphogenic field is shifting and what we're creating and, and what's so beautiful about this work of your podcast is, you know, we won't really ever be able to quantify the effects of this conversation and who it's resonating with. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I, I do feel like in the, in the spirit of service, I do feel like I want to touch in around this idea that for anybody who's listening, right. Who connected to that, 
those ideas of I'm not an artist, I can't draw, or sort of uh, has a limited experience of um, how long did that take as, mm-hmm. as their main inquiry about creation and visual art. Um, and another, another thread of this is this idea of like, you know, oh, I, I'm drawing and I'm giving this an attempt and I don't like what I see and I crumple up the paper and I, and I throw it away. And I think, and, and, and the failure energy and the uh, chemicals that get released through the nervous system. So art is painful and mm-hmm. art hurts me. It reminds me that I'm not talented or reminds me that I'm not worthy. You know, you and I don't are not carrying that forward because we've interrupted that at some point mm-hmm. in, in our trajectory, right? It's not our particular curriculum. And something I learned, you know, with this work, I had a studio visit yesterday and we were talking about the work and I'm like, well, this is the, my third attempt at the painting. You know, I uh, like I labored so much over the geometry and the color palette that the craftsmanship suffered and the, mm-hmm. and the surface got gummy. So that's a wrap and I have to start over. Yeah. And I was sharing, you know, this is an interesting aspect of my creation process that I seek to share because you don't have to crumple it up. You can learn what you took from that experience, observe it and begin again. And I think that's something as artists that we embody and we're here to help others in that. Mm-hmm. So in the spirit of all of that, to go back to my initial uh, intention, if there's anybody who's listening, who's like, yeah, that's happened to me. And like, that hurts, or, or I know that feeling or, you know, a way to heal that. Um, that we could even do right now is to just take a breath and to breathe into that feeling or the recognition of that feeling. And just be with it and be like, yeah, that happened to me. And you might immediately have a flash of a teacher or a parent or some sort of, or a fellow student that might an incident that might have happened in your journey as a young creator and you can just be with that and then offer love and acceptance you can place your hand on your heart i love and accept that part of me that had a wounding experience and i recognize that that happened And I bring that part into my heart. So just taking a moment and we, and if nothing comes to mind, you can do it for the collective. You know, if there's painters or other artists that are tuning in that are like, yeah, I'm not bringing that forward in this life, then we can do it for the collective. And we can just bring love and healing and care to all the, children on the planet right now who might have had that experience today mm-hmm. and just offering love and allowing our hearts to connect to their hearts and we can offer and and as artists and as awakening artists that are tuning into this conversation it's just like yeah it, it's just here for the play you can try again
and just breathing that into the hearts and breathing that joyful energy and whatever way that shows up for you. As you could visualize it by having like a million sheets of, of blank paper or endless amounts of supplies or, you know, a giant field of natural materials to play with and build sculptures or forts. But we can visualize there's just infinite ways to play and you can mm -hmm. always try again. And for anybody that might have resonated with that wound, you can say that into your own heart. There's infinite ways to play. And hey, we can always try again. Let's do it <laughs> together, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you know, we become our own, our own parent, our own big brother, our own big sister, our own, you know, helpful friends. And just softening that wound because the future I think we all share is everybody's in their artist. We're mm -hmm. all in our creator. Yeah. You know, and we might not be creating paintings because that's not our, that's not our passion, mm -hmm. but we're creating the lives we want to live and we're creating the reality that we want to experience. Every moment. And, yeah. And every moment. All right. Cause and we make choices. So, um, bringing our little, you know, sandwich box down into the thing because we have to go to that job and we got to be on the workforce and we got to mm -hmm. you know slave to the thing like that's really coming collapsing yeah and we're giving birth to a new era where we all have time and freedom to explore and to play yeah that sense of play is so crucial like to not take ourselves so seriously in our creative process yeah. um because sometimes that can be you know I mean, it's important to take things, you know, to treat it as like a sacred act, but that could still be laughing and playing and giggling and having fun. That's sacred too, you know, Yeah. But like that sense of play is so important. And I feel like that is our birthright is to be creators in our own way, in our own unique way to be able to manifest our voice, our perspective, you know, like nobody ever in the history of time or in the history of the future of time will ever have your vantage point, Elizabeth. No one will yeah. ever have your circumstance. No one will ever have all the experiences in this life, previous lives, and so forth to make, to allow you to see the universe from this unique perspective that you're seeing it right now. And that is yeah. your gift. And I feel like that's the same for all beings, but we've like, we, we don't give that much credence for whatever reason. We, we look at ourselves as these poor limited beings with no talent or skill or no way, uh, no, nothing important to say or share. But I come from the school of believing that everybody has something very important to share. It's just a matter of, of figuring out what it is and how to share it. And that's the creative act. You know what I mean? Is this idea of sharing. It's like that, um, of course, the miracles mantra, you know, I don't have to figure it out. It's like, where would you have me go? What would you have me say? What would you mm. have me do? And to whom? Or yeah. what would you, you know? And and I think that's it. But, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, I can actually get the whole personality out of the way and allow that to come, you know, through me, not from me. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. And I think also this point you made about starting over is so important because like- yeah we, you know, like it comes back to this idea of like taking things so seriously and everything has to be 
pitch perfect the first time or it's no good ever. And it's like, no, that's just not how it works. Play the, I feel like the essence of play is, is failure, (laughs) you know, the willingness to fail, the trial and error, the willingness to try something that might not work. That's where you discover what does work, you know? And so being able to start again, for me, it's, it's, um, it's almost like compassion and action because you give yourself the grace, you give yourself the grace to, to scrap whatever it is you just did and start again. I think the same thing can be said for like our lives, like no matter what sort of shitty circumstances and trauma and difficulties come through, like you're still alive here. You are right now. And this is an opportunity right in this moment to make the, a choice um, in a different way that could lead you down a different path. There's still work to be done, but like we, I believe we, we have that empowered ability to change if we choose so, but it comes down to the individual making that choice to either run through the same patterns and the same cycles of highs and lows and same cycles of behavior or throw a wrench in it and make a new cycle, a new pattern. Um, and that's, I think, what the creative mind is, is the ability to do that. And it's so sad when you hear about people who have been wounded in this way. And so I think this meditation you just led is so healing um, for for all of us, because I think no matter if you're an artist, I can still think of some of those wounds that I might have, you know, from early on when I was, when I decided I was going to pursue art and the amount of people who were just like, what, you know, and the doubt and the negativity, but I had to let that go and, and trust the voice and follow the path, you know? So I appreciate that a lot because it's exactly what we need is to awaken the creator mind in all people. Yeah. And really collapse the notion that there's going to be any competition or oversaturation, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I think as artists, we can be a little bit more generous around those things too, and heal that for ourselves and for our neighbors, right? Yeah. That if it, it, I think about like the yoga industry, right. And it's like millions and millions of people have been certified and the industry seems to just like expand and absorb all these people. I mean, there's probably thousands of people right now getting in yoga teacher trainings across yeah, the world. Definitely. You know, it hasn't stopped. Mm-hmm. And the industry just continues to expand and people are applying it in their own ways. And and when we follow, when we follow our heart and we move into our purpose, we're not going to be disappointed. Yeah. It's not going to all of a Never. sudden, well, now I'm here and I made this leap to, to follow my dream. And now I, um, I have no opportunities. There's no doors that open for me. It's quite the opposite. And part of this, I think, adventure of life is not knowing those doors and allowing those doors to come from that wave particle experience <laughs> of the infinite mind of all that is. And to allow the doors to appear before us, the doors are beyond what mental mind can engineer. It's off of our radar screen, screen yeah. right off. And that's part of the adventure of this, of this human birth and this human life. You know, we, we think we know it all because the brain 
you know, I feel like the brain lives in two places oftentimes. It's like, it's either plays dumb or it acts like a know-it-all, right? Like the <laughs> ego is so smart and it can flip that like, oh, I didn't know, blah, 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 you know? Or it can be like, oh, of course, you know? But it has a harder time like living in the infinite mystery mm-hmm. where the heart feels really safe in the infinite mystery. And it feels really relaxed in the infinite mystery. And we're right, for myself included, you know, I'm right there around like just really just letting go and yeah. let, you know, letting it unfold. Definitely. Um, you know, I remember in our in our, our earlier conversation, we were checking in, it was like, even Ramdas said, even our wildest imagination doesn't fully conceive of who and what we are, you know? And like, <laughs> I sit with that sometimes and I'm like, I have no idea. I, my, one of my favorite mantras, like, I don't know what I don't know. You know? Yes, exactly. And I, I don't know what I don't know, but I'm thankful and blessed that my work is orbiting around those considerations and those um, premises because yeah. it keeps me steady on that path of discovery. Yeah. And, um, yeah. No, I mean, it's I say that the people who are listening, you know, like you may have checked in with that little child, like done some healing work. You can do, obviously there's so much more you can do. There's so many people who are leading that type of thing, uh, that, that type of exploration, but you know, I was just like, Oh yeah, I don't know what I don't know. Like, what do I want to learn and how can I, how can I make art around something or how can I begin to do you know, a lot of people are like, I don't know where to begin. And I'm always like, begin with research. Mm-hmm. What do you want to explore? You can begin with learning. Yes. You don't have to begin with product. Mm-hmm. You can say, I, you know what? I want to pull some ideas. I want to create, you know, in the design world, they call it a mood board, you know? Yeah. And just start to kind of pull what resonates with you, you know, go to an art museum and just start to feel what calls to you, what resonates, what's yes. calling to you. Yeah. And then you'll can then you can ask, you know, what are the materials I'm attracted to? And you might be like, oh, well, I've always done watercolors. And you're like, wow, I'm completely drawn over to like oil pastels. Like I don't even, you know, I can't believe that's what I'm attracted to. You know, it's just allowing yourself to. You know, eyes across a crowded room, you know, we got to bring it back. We're trying yeah. to engineer everything. Our Everything yeah. has to be like looked at an app and da, 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 da. And like, you know, we have to bring back the the magic. Yes. I don't have to go look through a thing and, and drag and drop it and put it into a, you know, a, a virtual shopping basket. I can be out in the world feeling and touching, mm-hmm. you know. Eyes across a crowded room can be you in a painting. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> yes. what do you have over there? What's yes. there for me to learn? Wow, there's something there for me, you know? Yeah, there's just having York. that, yeah. yeah, just having that mindset of like being curious and being open. Like you said, like you don't know what you don't know. Like having this, like, and you, like to me, when you adopt that, you're stepping into this place of humility and at the same time, openness to like discover And I feel like the ego, all it wants to do is control, 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 control. 
And if you can let go of some of that control, that's where the magic happens. Because if you if you try to control every variable, you're not leaving any room for the magic and the mystery in the universe to come through and speak through what you do. So you yeah. always have to have that space of humility and openness to let go of control in areas where you know you're holding too tight so that the universe can speak through and then and the magic can happen. Otherwise you stifle it, you suffocate it and you shut it out. Um, yeah. And so that's, it's easier said than done because, you know, our egos are immensely powerful. Um, and so it begins with, I guess, recognition when we're trying to control too much, you know, and letting yeah. go and having that curious childlike mind, right. To want yeah. to discover. I love that advice you give. Like if you don't know what you want to make, Start with some research, like you said, like figure out what but, you're yeah. interested in, like what calls to you, get out in the world and experience life and see where you're drawn and then make sure you're taking little notes here and there, you know, you're keeping a log of how you're feeling and what's drawing you in. That's going to lead you to what it is you, you're going to ultimately create. Um, but yeah. if you just try to think it's this sterile situation where it's just going to happen automatically, then you, you know, you're, that's just not how creative processes work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're uh, rebooting and, and healing it. Right. And, and, and if anybody resonates and it's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time, like letting go of that control and you can feel, and you're confronting that within yourselves and you just love that part of you. Yeah. You know, you just love that part. You don't judge that you have that. We all have it. We all, exactly. nobody here is, you know, what, there's a handful of enlightened people on the planet, right? <laughs> um, but so most of us are orbiting in that control energy to some extent. So if you feel that something about that resonates with you, you just love and accept that part. Yeah. Um, and just forgive it, bring it into your heart. You know, my teacher talks about this idea of harvesting energy, like you, you, there's energy trapped in a storyline or a theme, and you harvest it and you transfer that energy of control into your heart so it can actually be repurposed and put towards freedom and put yeah. towards play. And, you know, and I think something that you were saying just now is, you know, you, you lead with the question. So then you allow life to create the answer mm -hmm. versus, ah, I got to think about what I want to draw. And I have to, I have to draw, you know, this, you don't have to draw at all. Actually, you don't have to, to, you know, drawing, drawing is one of many ways creativity expresses itself. Um, you can start with the question of, you know, what inspires me? What do I like? what you know it's like get to know yourself yeah. in that way right it's definitely we we think we know who we are but the more i realize i'm like i'm still really getting to know me yes you know? mm -hmm. yeah still figuring it out you know peel it's yeah. like it's like peeling back these layers and yeah. the more you peel these layers a lot of the layers that tend to stick in the beginning when we're on this process tend to be like layers of of um, programming and ways of identifying that were given to us by something external. You know what I mean? Like a storyline that, oh, you're really good at this, or you're really bad at this, kind of back to what you were talking about with like the sort of wounded child, like the creative mind in the, in the child who was wounded. 
um, by someone telling them the storyline. And so, you know, that unraveling, that peeling back the layers, I feel like is an infinite process. You know what I mean? There's so, cause there's just so much to discover. And I think that's the most incredible feeling that I have is when I discover a new dimension of who I am and my consciousness. Like I, you know what I mean? It's the, the rabbit hole doesn't seem to end and that's it what makes it. Won't end. It won't it, end. I know, but that's what makes life so exciting and interesting. Exactly. You know what I mean? If yeah. it did, then like the, I don't know the, the, uh, the feeling of like discovery, you know, like when you come, when you yeah. discover something, God, what an amazing feeling, you know? And uh, I hope that I never lose an opportunity to feel that again, ever. I hope I'm always discovering and evolving. Um, It's a giant mystery out there, you know, but I feel like the one thing that I can say is that we're in it together and we are infinitely united. Um, We are braided into one thing, you know, and um, I think it's just beautiful. I love sharing this space with you. I mean, this has been an amazing conversation, you know, just this exchanging of minds, like, hearing all of these ideas and thoughts and feelings coming out of you, weaving themselves into me and them coming out, you know, back into you. And it's like this exchange is happening. And it's just, to me, I just feel so like open-hearted and inspired. And I just am so grateful that I get to connect with someone like yourself and to be able to share this kind of space. And so I just thank you so much for taking the time to to be with me on this podcast. Um, I, I think we that. have um, more to share with each other, more conversations yeah. in the future for sure. Yeah, so. be continued to be awesome continued. to be continued. Thank you so much, y'all. Check the show notes so you can see Elizabeth's beautiful work and uh, stay up with her on Instagram to see all the amazing stuff she's up to. Um, everything will be in the show notes for you to connect with. So, uh, thanks again, Elizabeth, uh, have a beautiful day and, uh, until next time, peace. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of concerning the spiritual and art. Um, if you like what you're listening to, please, uh, leave a comment. Uh, give me a rating on whatever podcast platform you're you're tuning in on and uh, help me get the word out. Share it with any friends or family, anyone you think might be interested in uh, what I'm doing over here. Super excited to bring a lot more of this content to you. Sending lots of love out to each and every one of you. Peace, y'all.